Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles with you today, if you'll take them out, let's go together to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter number 4 this morning. Actually, what we're going to do, we're going to work our way towards that passage together in just a few minutes. Last week, we began talking about the challenge to forgive. We began our Ask You Ask For It series, and one of the main topics that came through, as we put those out, one of the, the main topics that surfaced was on the issue of forgiveness. Last week, we talked about the challenge to forgive, and it's a challenge because Forgiveness doesn't come natural to us, but it is a choice on our part. We can't always, unfortunately in this world, control the issues that others bring to our lives. I want you to think about that for a minute. How many of you know there's a lot of issues sometimes that people bring to our lives? And uh, we truly today live in a world that is filled with sin And as a result of that issue of sin in our world, many times we have to deal with the backlash that comes as a result of others' sin, their wrong choices, their bad decisions. The truth is bad things and destructive things happen in this world because sin is at the core of humanity. And as long as we are a part of this world, how many of you are part of this world? Let me ask that again. How many of y'all are part of this world? Okay, I just want to make sure there. As long as we're a part of this world, we're going to have to deal with the consequences of other choices. The good news in the middle of that bad news is that God doesn't leave us alone, and he has some things in the middle of all this craziness. He has some things that he wants to say to us about how we deal with these kinds of issues. I will tell you, God's ways are not like man's ways. God's ways are not uh, like the world's ways. And so some of the things I'm going to share with you this week and going into next week will be things that will not come natural to us, but they're a part of God's plan in helping you and I walk in freedom in this area of forgiveness. The Often we come to this point and we ask the question, how do I respond when others have hurt me and offended me and abused me and brought hardship to my life? This week we're going to, we kind of laid some foundation last week. This week we're going to talk about some steps to begin making forgiveness final. How do I live that out? What does that look like? In everyday living, how do I live in the process? And I I believe that is an important word this morning we talk about. How do I live in the process of forgiveness? Uh, As we began this morning, I want to talk to you, though, for just a couple of moments about how we deal with situations when we've been through life-altering events. Now, when we talk about forgiveness, well, that can cover 
a large gamut of things in our life. That can come, you know, as simple as uh, somebody got up this morning, they didn't get a good night's sleep, and they were grouchy this morning. And they said some pretty grouchy things to us, and there's a, a bit of forgiveness that needs to, you know. How many of you know that's pretty basic in our lives? It, but it can begin there, and it can come to a point then when um, people have been abused at the hands of family members, uh, children who have been abused at the hands of a, uh, a parent family member, a family friend, and they have been very, um, to say very difficult really is not even, doesn't even do it justice. There are many who walk daily uh, with struggles in their life uh, as a result of the choices someone else has made, and they have to walk through some very difficult stuff. And... Um, you know, when we talk about situations like that, when we talk about somebody who has been through physical or mental or sexual abuse, when we talk about that kind of situation, we walk through that differently than we do if somebody says, you know, well, my, my spouse offended me this morning by what they said to me when they were getting ready. There is a different way that we approach those kind of situations, you know, that's, those kind of situations is not one that you just wake up one morning and go, you know what, I think I'm going to forgive them finally and flip a switch and it's all over and it's gone. There's a process that we walk through. The truth is coming to that point of forgiveness, even in that situation, is a major, major step. But there's some other processes that we need to walk through so that God can bring into our lives the healing and the restoration and the hope and the release into our life from the things that those things bring so that we can move forward and move on from devastating situations. And the truth is this morning, it is not possible in this type of venue that I can even uh, to begin to cover uh, all of the scope of all the steps that one would need to take for that healing process. But I would tell you that as, as church leadership, we are here, and uh, we will help. And uh, sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes we'll, we'll not only help and we'll pray, but also we will help you get some of the help that you need. Uh, I believe this. I believe God is a healer in our lives, but I also believe there's a process sometimes that God helps us to walk through in getting healing in our lives. It's not something we just brush underneath. Uh, uh, underneath the table. It's not something that we bring people to the altar and say, okay, now you need to forgive them and go back to your seat and everything's going to be fine and rosy and wonderful. There is a process that God wants to take us through. And God is a God of healing. And so today as we, uh, as we start this process, really what I want to do is I want to begin sharing with you about a beginning a beginning process towards healing. It is the process of forgiveness that is setting a prisoner free only to find out that the prisoner is you. Because unforgiveness is a shackle 
that's only holding you captive and not the perpetrator. Reconciliation in these situations sometimes is not always available. Sometimes the perpetrator has died. Sometimes that individual comes to a place where uh, they refuse any type of reconciliation. So does that mean I'm left carrying this weight and having this ball and chain hooked to my life for the rest of my existence here? I do believe in that process there is a release that could come. It's a miracle, really, that comes from God. And I believe there's a release that can come into our lives. But I have to tell you, outside of Jesus Christ, we can try all the other methods and ways. But I believe Jesus is ultimately the only one that could really bring true healing and restoration in our life. Let's go together to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. So as we began this process today, if you are here and you are dealing with uh, offense, and that's next week we're going to spend our time together talking about forgiveness, dealing with offenses, because um, every one of us in this room has been offended from, by somebody at one point or another. Um, how do we deal with offense? Today we're going to begin the process, and no matter what level we're at, this is the beginning of a process that we've got to begin to walk through. This, what I want to share with you today is really about what God wants to begin and what God wants to do in our lives. And healing can't come until we begin to take some of these steps. Ephesians chapter 4, if you've got it, say, I've got it. it. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for binding others up according to to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. This is an important passage right here. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Verse 29 begins with the words, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Jesus said back in the Sermon on the Mount, From the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. What's in our heart is what's going to come out in our words. What's on the inside is what's going to come to the outside. So when the apostle says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, it has its origin really in the heart. It's no wonder that the wisest man wrote in the Proverbs, guard your heart, for out of your heart will flow the very issues of life. We're going to take a few minutes this morning and 
we're going to spend the bulk of our time in verse 31. And, and I'll be honest with you, if we get time to it, we're not going to rush through this. We're going to walk through this together. If we have time, we're going to get into verse 32. And we're going to talk about the characteristics of forgiveness and the characteristics of unforgiveness. What does that look like in my life? I want to remind you today that this passage really is about us. It's about our heart. It's about release. It's about healing. It's about restoration. We find in verse 31 the identifiable traits of the spirit of unforgiveness. Verse 31 gives us some of those characteristics. You'll notice he begins in verse 31 and he says these words, get rid of all bitterness. Bitterness is the opposite of kindness. Bitterness harbors resentment and bitterness keeps a score of wrongs. Bitterness is an irritable state of mind. It can often lead to harsh opinions of others, and it can often be defined as sourness of the soul. Without the show of hands, I think I could ask the question we could all identify. We've all known someone in our life that was a sour individual. Things that characterize bitterness is acid in the heart, a mean scowl on the face, venom in the words. A good picture of bitterness would be an inward decay of the soul. It is a poison in the inner man. Bitterness robs us of life. It robs us of passion. It robs us of strength and vitality. What lemon is to the mouth, bitterness is to the heart. Jesus wants to free us. You'll notice what he says there, get rid of all. He wants to free us from all bitterness because Bitterness, my friend, only hurts you. Bitterness will rob you of the vibrancy that is found in the life of Jesus Christ. Aristotle once said these words, Bitterness is a resentful spirit that refuses reconciliation. The person of bitterness has been robbed of their passion in life. Bitterness leads to negativity in life. I'm sure you've come across people as I have. It seems that they are only negative about everything. You could say, isn't it a beautiful day out? Yeah, but it's going to rain later. It is a beautiful summer day. Yeah, but winter's coming. <laughs> There's some that struggle with negativity. 
especially when we've been hurt in the past. And it's hard to see anything past the offense that's happened in our lives. Bitterness and unforgiveness has been described in this way. It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die from it. If we're going to live in a process of forgiveness, friends, we must rid ourselves of all bitterness. May we be set free from bitterness and may our hearts learn to live in freedom once again. Bitterness, bitterness. The reason he says this is not that he doesn't want you to uh, just sweep your pain under the rug. He actually wants to free you and I from our pain because bitterness only harbors the pain. I can't find healing when bitterness is present. Notice he says, he continues on in verse 31. He says, get rid of all bitterness. And next he says, rage. Rage, rage and wrath go together. Rage and wrath is a deep, settled indignation. Rage is a constant flowing form of anger in our lives. Now, as we are uh, preparing... Kids are heading back to school, and we are preparing to go into the fall season. And when it does, uh, every year uh, I notice on Facebook, people start having, uh, whether it's a campfire or a, a fire out in the backyard at their house, but people, as the nights get a little bit cool, people sitting around the fire, and they're making s'mores or hot dogs or whatever it is you like to make. And if your family is like our family, most of the men in the family are Lord of the Flame. Every man knows exactly how to build the right fire. I'm not asking for a show of hands, but how many wives have ever looked at your husband and said, Be careful, you're going to burn yourself. Some of you have already poked them in the ribs. It's really amazing how much there's not a lot of difference between our kids and us men, especially when it comes to fire. You know, wrath and rage only stokes the fire of unforgiveness in our hearts. Rage works in the way that if there are hot coals there around the fire, if you blow on them and you give more air to the hot coals, it won't be long and the fire will begin. Rage works in the same way. Rage is stoking to make sure the flame never dies. It's always feeding the fire and keeping it alive. Unforgiveness has a way of bringing out rage and wrath. It is a lashing out at others. We don't often want to be like that, but it's a trap we get caught in because of unforgiveness. Be careful. 
Rage will do nothing to bring healing. Rage will do nothing but stoke the fire. Someone came to me last Sunday following the service and they said, you know, the Lord had done some real work in their heart and their life in the area of forgiveness. And they said, I had to come to the place where I finally said, I've got to give up my right to be bitter. I've got to give up my right to have rage. Because as long as I hold on to my right, I'm never going to find healing and restoration. You'll notice he continues on. And if we're to walk in forgiveness, he says we're to get rid of anger. Now I will tell you that not all anger is detrimental. The Bible says... To be angry and do not sin. It's not a sin to be angry. How many of y'all have ever been angry? How many of y'all know it's real easy in our anger to sin? Whoo! It's kind of like somebody lit the flame and watched me burn. Anger. Anger. Listen, not all anger is detrimental, but anger that is connected to unforgiveness comes out in the form of the outburst of rage. It's the glass that gets thrown. It's the fist through the door. It's the phone clicking in your ear. Unforgiveness is the base that stirs and causes anger. Most people that I've come across in life don't want the people in their life to feel like they have to walk on eggshells around them. But when anger controls your life, people have to stand at a distance because they're not sure what's going to set you off today. They're afraid what might stir you to anger towards them. Now, this is not the thought of momentary anger. How many of y'all, let's, I I know we're in church and we're all super spiritual and we got all this down. How many of y'all ever had somebody pull out in front of you? And you just immediately went, well, bless the Lord, oh my soul. (laughs) Your first reaction was, oh, aren't you a sweet thing? (laughs) No, usually we talk to them, don't we? Let's be real. We talked to them. They can't hear us, but we're still talking to them. (laughs) The anger we're talking about today is not that momentary anger that just comes in a moment's notice and we are confronted with the situation. The anger we're talking about is rather a deep-seated anger that stems and grows. It is a branch of unforgiveness. It's anger because of what they've done to me. You've probably before heard people use the phrase, they just bring it out in me. God's call to us is to get rid of anger. Don't allow anger to have its work in your life. 
you will never be at peace as long as anger reigns in your life. Notice he continues on and he says this, get rid of all brawling. Another word for it is clamor. Actually, these next few characteristics are the way we vent unforgiveness. Often we use the phrase, well, I just need somebody to vent to. Brawling is with our words. Brawling is characterized by shouting, uncontrolled speaking. It's the, it's the thought you're going to hear it whether you want to or not. Brawling is the outward manifestation. Listen to me for a minute. It is the outward manifestation of inward anger. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Brawling has been defined as evil speaking. It's the words we speak to another about another. Brawling gives us the picture of loud, flamboyant, and exaggerated speaking. Brawling, it carries us right to the next characteristic because they're hand in glove. It is the word slander. Get rid of all slander from your life. Slander is blasphemous by nature. Slanderous are words that are intended to injure. Slander is the cold, calculated use of words. I'm going to say it. I don't care who hears it. I don't care who it hurts. You'll just have to get over it. Words that are used to tear down. How often, if we would be honest with ourselves today, how often, and I think we all can, let's, let's just be honest today, I think we all can relate to when someone has offended us, it is our natural course of action to slander. Usually, we slander not in their hearing, but in the hearing of others. How often do we slander them by continuing to relive and tell and retell the story? We've told the story so many times. Everyone in our close circle of friends knows the story word for word. Yet we continue to tell the story when Truth be known, if we would really be honest, much of the time, our only reason is to make that person look bad and make us look good. Slander. Where does slander get its origin? The Bible tells us that our enemy, the devil, slanders us. He is the accuser and he slanders the children of God. He speaks with the intention to tear down another one all of these you'll know, remember back when when we started this morning i told you all of these things are the things that are going to come natural to us when we've been hurt we go into defense mode it is our natural response and we lash out we say things we do things we have been hurt and wounded, and we speak out of the hurt and the wound. But hear me today, God's plan for you and I 
is that we are able to live in this world where people are going to hurt and offend, but we don't spend the entirety of our lives walking under the weight of this burden. God wants to be able to bring healing. God wants to be able to bring restoration. He says for that to take place in our life, there's some things we're going to have to get rid of. We're going to have to give up. We're going to have to get rid of all brawling. We're going to have to get rid of all anger. We're going to have to get rid of wrath and rage. You'll notice he continues on and he says, he says every form, notice that. There, there, there's no mistakes in the kingdom. And notice what he says there, every form of malice. What is malice? Malice is hatred. Hatred. Malice is the outcome. It's the end result of the other characteristics. Malice has been defined in this way, bad-heartedness. Malice is hatred in the heart. Malice says, I won't let things go. Malice says, I have every right to feel this way, act this way, speak this way. Healing will never come, I shared with you earlier, until we are willing to yield our rights to be the way that we've been. Have you found in life, friends, that we can be oh so right and oh so wrong at the exact same time? Now, the truth is, humanly speaking, it is understandable why we feel the way we feel, why we've been the way we've been, why we've acted the way we've acted. You've been hurt. You've been wounded by another person's action. But I want to speak to you for a minute today as believers I want to speak to you today as people who've received new life in Jesus Christ. We must not confuse God's understandability with excusability. It is not good. It is not good for us to harbor hatred in our hearts. You and I are not benefited. There is no healing. There is no release. It is not good for us. It's not right for you and I. And most importantly, I would submit to you today, it's not God's plan for your life to walk in hatred. God's call is for us to remove these things that are not promoting health to my body. You know, often... I'll just be honest with you here for a minute. Paul and I have went out to eat, and the best example I know to give to you, we went out to eat the other day, and I had a great big old greasy cheeseburger, and it was so good. (laughs) I mean, it was, oh, my Lord, good, you know, where it's one of them that it's messy. You know if it's messy, it's good. And then I had to top it off with some greasy French fries. And then, wasn't enough, a little bit later in the day, I looked at her and I said, you want a strawberry shortcake? <laughs> now, if you've not had, and I'm no strawberry shortcake, you know, you know, kind of when you think of strawberry shortcake, you think it's strawberries. Strawberries are healthy. So 
Sorry, Mark, I'm going to give away one of your secrets here. Have you ever been at Ivanhoe's when they're prepping the strawberries to put them in your straw? Have you ever seen how much sugar that they add? That's why they sell so many every year. It's not the people love strawberries. People love sugar. (laughs) And so here we are sitting at the table, greasy burger, greasy fries, sugar, Sugar that's just overloaded. And then Wayne, per our conversation, then we say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this food, and I ask you, bless it to my body and my body to you. <laughs> You can hear your arteries clogging while you eat it. Your blood sugar is 9,000. But it's so good. It's kind of like the old, and if you do this, I'm not speaking to you directly, but it's kind of like getting the big piece of cake and drinking a Diet Coke with it. Somehow it offsets. Often we can do the very same thing with God. I've been hurt, and God, you know why that I can't stand them and hate them. But I ask you to bless me in it. Listen, friend. Do not misunderstand me what I'm saying. I understand the hurt is terrible. Here's the problem with it. When we get anger and rage and hatred, slander, all the, now what we're doing is we're hurting ourselves. They hurt me when they injured me in whatever method that it was. Now, if we take the human natural way, what we do is we join them in hurting us. Because that's all that anger, rage, malice, bitterness, that's all it does is it doesn't bring anything healthy to me. It only brings hurt and pain and sorrow. If we're going to live out, if we're going to make forgiveness final, if we're going to find a process and we're going to, we're going to keep walking through that. If, if we're going to get there, we've got to let these things go. Often, you know, like the jacket that I have on this morning, these characteristics become the thing that clothes us. God wants to free us from the things that clothe us. And I'll be honest with you, as I was in preparation for today, last night as I was just kind of praying and thinking through and Asking the Lord about today, I felt prompted in my heart. Um, I have more. Uh, verse 32, we're going to go into the uh, characteristics of forgiveness, what forgiveness looks like. I don't think that's for this morning. I felt prompted in my heart to stop right here at this point. 
Because I believe that God wants to bring healing. We talked last week about God begin a healing work. I think we all could relate to the fact we all understand what bitterness is like because at one point or another we have experienced the whether you lived in a state of bitterness, you have experienced the sting of bitterness in your heart. You've experienced what it is to slander. You've experienced what it is to have rage and anger. And ultimately, when, when those characteristics have become commonplace, then what we find is the end result and hatred begins to fill our hearts. Um, I believe today the Lord wants to bring healing in our hearts from those things we've just talked about thus far. And so I felt uh, challenged in my heart and my spirit just to stop right, right here. Um, because I think it's something we can all relate to. I'll be honest with you. There have been times I've been hurt in life, and the truth is I probably, if I wanted to, I could sit down and I could write down things for you that have happened in my life, throughout my life, that people have said or done or this or that, and I could write it down. And if I would think long enough about it, I'll just be honest with you, if I thought long enough about it, I could get angry again. Just being honest with you. It, it doesn't take very long to rehearse something. And something maybe I've not been aggravated about for a long time, I can think about for a few minutes, and I can get aggravated again. You know, one of the things that um, I do a lot of mowing at my house. If any of you have ever been to our house, I mow about six acres about every week to, to two weeks. And so I've got a, a good, uh, depending on the weather, I've got a good two and a half to three hours of solid mowing. It's amazing the things you can think about when you mow. You know, it's just you and the noise of the mower. And so I've got, got these headphone things that I wear to protect my hearing. And what it does, it makes it quieter. You know what three hours of quiet's like? It's amazing the thoughts I'm just being real with you for a few minutes, okay? I have been on the mower before thinking, and I have remembered situations. And I didn't set out to, to rehearse them and to replay them, but it just it started, and I didn't stop it. And I'm just being honest. By the time I got done mowing, I walk in the house, and Paul was like, what's wrong with you? The, the happy guy that went and got on the mower left. Some other guy came into the house now because <laughs> I let that thing go and I, man, I was, I hadn't even been thinking about it. Here it was and I just let it ramble on. That can happen in all of our lives. I think we can all relate to that. Unchecked, those things will bring bitterness and rage and anger and hatred and all kinds of evil speaking from our hearts. Today I do not minimize what you have experienced in life. Actually just the opposite. 
I would maximize it from the standpoint of saying Jesus wants to bring healing to your heart. To your heart. Um, through this process, as we walk through forgiveness, there's a lot of ways I've thought, Lord, how do, how do we close these times together out? Um, I'll be honest with you. Because of the nature of some of these issues and the nature of some of these hurts and some of the trauma, literally, literal trauma that people have went through in life at the hands of another person, the last thing that my desire is is to bring more trauma to you um, by making you feel pointed out. And so this morning what I want to do in the spirit of just um, kindness and compassion and the hope and the prayer for healing in your life. Right where you're seated this morning, I just want you to consider your life. Consider for a few moments the path that you have walked in this life and the things you have faced. Are you dealing today with bitterness? Do the people around you feel like they have to walk on eggshells because they never know what's going to set you off? Is your life characterized as a result of what's happened? Is it characterized by rage and anger? If we were to be real honest with ourselves and God, would we say, I really, I'm battling. Listen, this is... This is not a house of condemnation this morning. If you would say, I'm really honest truth, I'm wrestling with hatred. There's probably not a person in this room that hasn't felt the, the tinge or the sting of hate in their heart at one time or another in your life. We can all relate to that feeling. I want to tell you, Jesus wants to bring some healing to your heart. Through this process, that's really, honestly, what I felt the Lord speaking to my heart about through this series on for you is really about a process of healing, healing. And so, um, actually, Paula, none of the worship teams needs to move right now at all. You can even stay. We'll close this morning a little different. Um, would you mind bowing your heads? Uh, and I ask you to do that just because um, we're just going to be in a, uh, a spirit and an attitude of prayer for the next few moments and just kind of centering our attention together. Friend, he wants to bring healing to your life. And I'll be honest with you, there is a choice on our part. There's a choice to lay down bitterness and rage and anger and hatred and slander. But often, because of the path we've been on, that's not an easy switch to flip off in our life. And so, I think we could all relate to the Praise God, I need your help today. 
So I'm going to pray for us this morning, and this morning, if um, in your life you've been dealing with any of these characteristics, you've been wrestling with them, you've been hurt by them, and you're feeling what those things really are in your life, with our heads bowed this morning, would you just begin to pray, God, I need your help. God, I don't want to be better. God, I don't want to walk in rage. I don't want to walk in anger. I don't, I don't want to walk and I don't want to be a slanderous individual. I, I don't want my life to be characterized by these things. And friend, it's okay to say, God, I've been really, really hurt. But I don't want to continue to hurt myself. So I need your healing in my life. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, as we come to you, in this room and in this place. And God, as we are spread today throughout this room. And God, as our places in the room are varied, so are the situations that bring us to this point. God, I pray for each person. God, my heart is filled with such compassion today for those who have been deeply wounded at the hands of another. Father, I, be, I believe that you began a healing process in our hearts last week, but Lord, I do believe it is a process that you take us to and you take us through and you help us to walk the journey. And I ask, Father, that you will uh, bring strength. God, for those that maybe this is their first week, God, here and the first time they've heard this, and they have been severely uh, hurt at the hands of another. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would begin a healing process in their life. God, it's not about us just going through the motions. It's not about us going through the rituals. God, we desperately and we deeply, God, we deeply need your help. God, for those today who would say in their hearts as their heads are bowed today, yes, I'm dealing with bitterness, and yes, I'm dealing with rage, and I'm dealing with anger, and uh, I don't want to be the person that I've been. I don't want to be a person with deep-seated hatred in my heart. I, I don't want to be a person that has outbursts, and I don't want to be the person that everybody around me feels like they have to walk on eggshells because they never know what's going to set me off. God, and we would say today, I don't want to be that person. But, Father, often we've walked that path so long, Lord, we don't even hardly remember what it's like to not be that way. So, Father, I ask in this moment, I ask for your help. God, I'm not trusting today in man's opinion, man's thoughts, man's ways right now, God, in this moment. We are trusting in you. Our hope is in you. We believe our help is in you. We believe our strength is in you. We believe release in our life is found in you. We believe the healing and restoration is found in you. Jesus Lord, I pray you'll help us to take a big step today. 
Friend, in your heart, I just want to encourage you right now, if you have been walking this path, today would be a day when we say, Lord, I yield my right to live in bitterness. I yield my right to walk in hatred. Friend, we've got to yield everything to him. Healing can't come as long as we cling to the process that I have that allows me to be bitter. God, this is not just words. We're coming to you today and we're declaring, God, we need your help in this. Help us today to lay down our right to be bitter, to be angry, to be filled with hatred and rage. God, I pray that we would lay down the things that are taking away health in our life, in our minds, and in our spirits. Jesus said, Jesus, you said you came that we might have life and life that is full and abundant. Help us today, I pray, to lay these things aside. Lord, would you just begin the process of teaching us, teaching us, teaching me in the day what it's like to walk free from bitterness, to walk free from anger, to walk free from hatred in my heart. Lord, we have to trust you because, Lord, our way has not been getting it. We've got to have your help. And in the name of Jesus, I declare health over your mind. I declare health over your spirit. I declare freedom and restoration over and in your life. I pray today and I speak the word of blessing, of freedom from bondage that has held you tethered. I speak the word of deliverance over you when you have walked and been bound for so many years in hatred and anger. In the name of Jesus, may you walk in the freedom that is found in Jesus Christ. So Lord, today I declare health, healing, restoration, and freedom in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a few more words just to speak very quickly to you, and then I will release you. What do I do? What do I do? I've prayed this prayer. Listen to me. There's something when you take a step of faith, and you take an act of faith, and you step out in prayer, and you say, God, this is what I believe with all of my heart. God begins to work in you. There's a process you're going to walk through because I'm going to be honest with you. You may have prayed that prayer tomorrow morning. You may see that individual out of the blue. Have you ever been going through your day and all of a sudden a thought comes and you're like, where in the world did that come from? When that starts, the enemy is going to say, see, you've not been set free. See, you've not been delivered. See, you're not free from that any longer. And he's going to lie to you, try to drag you back. I want to encourage you to do this. If that happens... Or when it happens, 
take a defensive posture against the enemy. The Bible says he is a liar and the father of all lies. So you can say, Lord, yesterday morning I prayed that prayer and I believe that you've set me free and I determined today I'm going to walk in your freedom. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to walk in hate. I'm not going to walk in resentment. I'm going to walk in the plan that you have for me. What I'm doing is I'm running back to the source. You see, we can't do this on our own. We've got to run to him. So when the enemy tries to crop up, do not be surprised. There, there's, there is a valid reason why the last couple weeks I have fought more spiritually in preparation for these sermons than any I can remember. Because the enemy doesn't want you to walk in freedom. But Jesus does. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You can be the person you've always dreamed to be in Christ Jesus. Healing can come in your life. But listen, friend, the Bible says it well in James. Resist the devil. Resist him. Resist bitterness. Resist the seeds of unforgiveness. Resist anger. Resist rage. Resist slander. Resist it. And you do so by calling on the name of the Lord. Lord, I need you right here in this moment. God, I'm not alone. I believe you're with me right here. I believe you're going to help me today. Friend, fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Don't just sit back and take one of the enemy dishes towards you. Fight the good fight of faith. There is a process. You see, the truth is, for many of us, we've walked years in the other way. Now, we're going to start walking a new path. If any man is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. We've got to start walking like new people, don't we? Would you stand this morning? I just want to pray one final word of prayer over you today. Dear Father in heaven, I am so thankful that you bring an answer to the issues that we face. I'm so thankful you have not left us alone, but you are the God of healing and restoration. And Father, today I pray your peace. I pray newfound strength. Holy Spirit, would you fill these hearts and these lives? And Lord, when those times of testing and those times of temptation come, Holy Spirit, rise up on the inside of them. Remind them that he that the Son sets free is free indeed. The enemy is a liar. And so, Lord, when the enemy says we're not free, what that really means is we are free. So, Lord, we choose to walk in you. And I pray, Father, you'll strengthen them as they fight this good fight of faith. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you today. May the joy of the Lord always be your strength. God bless you.